0: You're listening to a podcast brought to you by international law firm Trowers and Hamlins, combining market sector thought leadership, advice and ideas, helping businesses add value and prepare for the future.
1: Hello and welcome to the next in our podcast series um, where we're talking to positive influencers and I'm really delighted today to to welcome Melanie Leach, who is the Chief Executive of the British Property Federation, to, to join our podcast. Hi Melanie, how are you? Hi,
0: Sarah. I'm really, really delighted to be here and I am very well. Thank you very much.
1: Great. Now, it's obviously been an interesting time overall at the moment for everybody, but particularly for you and the British Property Federation. Can you explain to us a little bit about what you do and the impact your organisation is having across the industry and the sector?
0: Mm. Thank you. Yeah. So the British Property Federation is a membership organisation. We have companies in membership across the whole breadth of the UK real estate sector. So everyone from lawyers uh, to consultants through to developers, investors, lenders, uh, property companies, private equity, uh, you name it. You know, if you make your living one way or another out of UK real estate, then we hope that you as an individual and your company will will find a, a home uh, in, in the BPF. And my role is really to, to champion the industry and more importantly, I think, to champion what it delivers. So... Um, you know the huge impact um, it has on everybody's lives whether that's an economic impact and the 100 billion a year we contribute to the economy or whether that's enriching people's lives in local communities through the buildings that we create so championing the industry trying to drive a better industry because you know the expectations on us as on, on other industries are, are rising all the time so you know it's my job I think to both champion the industry's achievements but also to challenge it to do more and to do better through sharing good practice through coming together through driving ourselves hard and finally i suppose to lead a, a high performing team we're quite a small team but i like to think we're high performing and i have great individuals working with me and i want to try and get the best out of them and help them to develop whilst they're with us and before they move on to other roles
1: the, the, the huge focus is for all businesses I suppose, across all sectors at the moment is esg and, and climate change and there were some very big statements statements and pledges made from world leaders during cop 26 some may say not enough potentially some some might say that there was something that was over ambitious how does this focus impact on the bpf and how do you operate interact with the industry in trying to get that positive mm. influence around the over particularly the s which has obviously been a, a factor i think for you recently
0: Yes yeah, so we i mean we it 's incredibly timely that Guy Granger, um who's the global uh sustainability lead for j l l takes over as our president on the first of January and you're know, coming out of uh cop twenty six I think that couldn't be more timely, and the leadership that he will bring i think to that agenda in his eighteen months as as VP of president you know watch this space i w- I would say on that. I, I mean, our role is, I think, to do what the BPF can best do. So there are lots of other bodies who are more expert than we are, the UK Green Building Council, the Better Buildings Partnership, and so on. So our job, I think, is to amplify their work uh, and to bring our expertise, which is really around government regulation and policy, um, to bear to uh, make sure that on the one hand, the industry's collective efforts are driving the right direction, and, and on the other hand, that, um, that what the government can do to help um, drive that agenda. It, it is fit for purpose for what the industry needs. So, I mean, I, I think there is. You know there is always a, a balance to be struck um, between uh, the what the the efforts of the best of the best will do in terms of driving good practice driving innovation and responding to the challenge um, and the regulation and the stick if you like that's needed to make sure that everybody goes comes along on the journey so I think there is a place for regulation and I think there is a place for government to intervene um, but I also firmly believe that you know there is so much fantastic work happening out there already by the companies that are in the vanguard that we need to everything we can to share that good practice and I think one of the things you'll see from us next year is that we want to make sure everyone is on the journey not everybody's going to be right at the front and not everybody can take massive leaps in one go, but everyone, you know, just as with diversity and another, a number of the other sort of softer social um, impacts that the industry have, everyone can do something and everyone can start the journey. And I think our role will be to encourage everybody to be on the journey, to share good practice, help them to learn from others uh, and not to feel that you know, it's too big a challenge that they can't take that first step and then take subsequent steps
1: so it's linked to that, um, I suppose we, we all as businesses, including ourselves, are looking at how to be a responsible business. And you know, the, the profit sometimes is that um, people use it as a dirty word. It's not, but responsible profit. Making sure that, that you are actually looking, looking at how you deal with your people, etc. What are the main attributes do you think? that the businesses need to have and need to be aware of and um, to be more responsible while still remaining competitive. And obviously, the real estate industry is it's so wide. I mean, it's it's huge in, in different areas. But just you know, what, what do you think the key attributes would be? Mm.
0: Well, I suppose my starting point would be that I don't think you will be competitive. And I don't think you will be a healthy, sustainable, long term business if you don't put people at the heart of what you do. And if you don't behave responsibly I think you know expectations are now so high whether it's from the people that work in our businesses whether it's from shareholders uh, external stakeholders whether it's from local communities you know from all around the pressures are on businesses to be responsible and to show that and to deliver positive social impact on the ground so I don't think you will have a future if you don't take that yeah. seriously um, and i you know I'd say I think that there's been a sea change over the last few years since I came into the BPF Um, I came in from having worked in the fast moving consumer goods sector where it was natural to talk about customers and to think about, you know, wholly and be focused around what what do people want from you. Uh, When I came in and started using that language and used the language of license to operate uh, in the BPF, I think people thought that was a bit odd generally. (laughs) Whereas now I don't think anybody would think that was odd. I think everyone's talking now about customers. Everyone's talking around the need to put people at the heart of how they think about what they do. Um, so you know, I'm I'm really excited by that and encouraged to think that our industry is changing and has heard that message loud and clear. Um, and, and how could we not? I mean, we build the places that people live in, work in, relax in. You know, we underpin everybody's lives. We have to, you know, remember that constantly and put that philosophy at the heart of what we do.
1: Oh, and one of the things before I come on to you yourself, but one of the things that oh, you've also done the BPF is the BPF Futures Program. And again, I suppose that, that for me is really, really good, really interesting, because it's embedding it all into people, you know, the future leaders of the industry at such an early age. I've going slightly off piece here, but, but I just think it's such a great programme. Could you just tell us a little bit about how that works? Mm. Yeah, of
0: course. So BPF Futures is our uh, network for professionals in the industry with fewer than 10 years experience, and it's about 1,300 strong. And it's the, a diverse group of they're the most committed and interesting and challenging individuals that you could hope to meet and they they are absolutely uh, on this agenda and driving this agenda you're quite right so for example before cop26 we held what we called our first policy congress with them so we we brought them together and said right you tell us what what do you think expectations should be of the industry of government and of us of each of us as individuals, and they produce a sort of manifesto out of that and it 's very clear that they want to work in industry and they want to work in companies that they believe are committed to positively driving the net zero agenda to being responsible businesses and you know it 's uncomfortable isn 't it when you 're really challenged hard uh, it 's quite uncomfortable, but yeah. I think you know we we 're committed and i 'm committed leading the vPF to make sure that those those younger, challenging voices do come. Into, into the work that we do. So, we're trying different ways of getting them more embedded into our policy work, one way or another. Um, the BPF Futures Advisory Board, coincidentally, uh, last Friday gave its annual report to the main BPF board, and we have their uh, chair on our main BPF board. So, the chair of the BPF Futures sits on our main board. Um, and you'd be just blown away by that report and the amount of stuff that they're doing. And they're really keen that their voices continue to be heard, and we want to make that happen. So, it's very exciting.
1: Yeah, I think diversity of voice in any business is, um, well, we know that from, from all research is diversity in its widest form is what makes successful businesses successful and long term. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that's, that's growing the future yeah, and listening to those people who are the future, I think is is fundamental.
0: So we, we, we started a pilot mentoring scheme, which has been primarily focused on, you know, BPF Futures members being mentored by senior industry leaders. But actually coming back from the BPF board on Friday was they're really hungry. For a reverse mentoring scheme, they're really hungry for a scheme which allows them to be mentored by young professionals because they're getting so much out of those conversations that they really want to kind of flip it around and say we're just as keen to learn.
1: That's really interesting. That, that is again coming from the legal profession where you know the senior people don't necessarily want to do, want, want to do that. We're, <laughs> we're all looking at that now as well about sort of the three hundred and sixty style, but in a way that actually is about these more senior people really, really listening and and blessing those people have a voice that you take on board. So that, that we must have that conversation offline. It's really, really interesting. But looking at you yourself, can we talk a little bit about your interests? You've had a very diverse career in the sense of the different different interests mm. you've been, been in. and How have you looked to have that sort of positive influence?
0: Um, I suppose, you know, although my career looks very diverse actually there's a theme running through it which is public service I suppose in one way way or another I still feel like I'm a public servant now because I'm trying to influence public policy and I'm trying to make people's lives better even though I'm doing it working for an industry body so a lot of schools a lot of my kids both my kids in in schools and a lot of schools now I think have a mantra that is something like you know uh, young people being told to be the best version of themselves And I guess that's what I've tried to do I've tried to be the best version of myself that I can be and hope that that means that I am, you know, not only doing the best that I can do with the skills and talents that I have been given or developed, but also that that rubs off on people around me and allows me to support them in the best way that I can to recognize their talents in the best way that I can, you know, uh, and that kind of runs through whether it's my work life or uh, my, my life around where I live, you know, I've tried to sort of particularly over the last couple of years, we moved about three years ago. So you know, only started to get to know our, our immediate neighbours just before COVID, really. But I've tried to support them where I can. You know, we, we we're lucky we've got a wide frontage outside our house. So we had um, a couple of socially distanced parties uh, when we were able to, uh, when lockdowns permitted, you know, with, with each group of neighbours sitting at their, brought their own table and chairs and sat at it. <laughs> we talked to each other across sort of two metre divide. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's lots of little things you can do as well as sort of the big things that you try to, to live your life by. And that's that's what I've tried to do
1: so what what's the would you say is the best bit of advice you've ever been given yeah it's interesting isn't it? i've
0: been given lots of advice over over the years but what one that's stuck in my mind for all sorts of reasons i think is advice i was given um as a new parent uh, feels like a long time ago now which is don't sweat the small stuff so you know you can't win every battle i'm uh, i'm a perfectionist so you know, every time i see something that i think could be better i want to make it better um And you can't always do that. You know, as I say, you can't win every battle, particularly with screaming toddlers, as, you know, a lot of people (laughs) on on this who hear this podcast will will know. You know, so you have to pick your battles. You have to work out what are the things I really have to win? What are the things I really have to make sure I get my point across on? Um, And also, you know, as I say, if you're a perfectionist and you don't like leaving stuff that isn't as good as you think, you know, just remember sometimes that it's not that it's wrong or it's not that it's not the best it can be. It's just that you would have done it differently. <laughs> so leave it alone because actually it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's that, you know, it doesn't look like it if you've done it and that really doesn't matter. That really, really doesn't matter. So don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> Good advice.
1: And would you say that? Um, I mean, what we've been doing these podcasts, it's been quite interesting to, to talk to people about key events that have influenced them and influenced mm. perhaps how, how their outlook in life has has developed. And would you say that, that there are key events that have helped define your outlook?
0: Yeah, it's it very interesting reflecting on this because you kind of dredge up all sorts of things from from your mind, don't you? I suppose my 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 dad became ill when I was in my. Uh, well, actually, probably. I mean, with hindsight, we were quite young as kids, myself and my two younger brothers. But I kind of first really became aware of it in my early teens. And because I was the oldest and you know the most mature, because I've got two two younger brothers, so girls tend to mature more quickly. Uh, he talked to me quite a lot about his illness and you know how that how that might unfold. Um, and that had, I mean, looking back, that had a big influence on me, I think, in, in a whole number of ways. I think it. He worked for as long as he could before he became too ill to work to save money, to try and make sure the family was financially secure. And I think that definitely gave me a kind of you know, reinforced the work ethic, as well as sort of making me quite cautious around spending rather than being very prudent, you know, with money and all those kind of things. I worked, When I worked for Robin Butler, who was the cabinet secretary in the early 90, 1990s, ran his office at the heart of government for three and a half years. And He was incredible because he said to me once, um, he says, I don't matter if you make it doesn't matter if you make a mistake. It doesn't matter if you don't know what to do or you do it wrong or, you know, but don't sit on it. You know, move it on. You know, he every day he would he would clear his desk before he went home. And it didn't matter whether that was five o'clock or whether that was nine o'clock at night. Move it on because another tomorrow there'll be another in tray full. Um, and you, you know, if you didn't know what to do with it today, you sure as eggs is eggs isn't, aren't, aren't going to know what to do with it tomorrow once you've sat on it for 24 hours. And then you'll sit on it for another 24 hours and suddenly it'll become a problem. So that was really, really valuable. I, I mean, I must say, I don't always quite live up to that ideal, but I do kind of try and try and live up to that and, and keep things moving along. And then I suppose the last thing is, just, you know, you you get older, um, you you. I think you get a bit better at understanding where you can have the most impact. So, You do get a bit better at prioritising your time. You do get a bit better at knowing, you know, knowing when to hand it on to the people who are very able that you've surrounded yourself with who are better at some things than you are. Um, And you can always learn a lot from them. You know, I learn a lot even now from watching the way my team deal with things, you know, think, OK, yeah, I couldn't I wouldn't have done that in that way. And actually, it's better because I've let them do it.
1: Yeah, my, my um, old boss said to me, work out, work out where your weaknesses are and fill those gaps with other people mm. so that, you know, you're not perfect, you never will be perfect. And I think it's been a great, it, which it was a great bit of advice because you actually you do, you learn very, I know exactly where my weaknesses are, but I also know <laughs> that some other people have got some fantastic strengths in, in those areas. Lastly, we're sort of asking everyone in this series the same question, and it's been really interesting, again, the different variety of of people's response to this question, which was, what one thing would you like to positively influence over the next year or the next five years? Five years might be easier, but both of them is is interesting.
0: Yes. Well, if I answer both, then I can have two goes, can't I? (laughs) So I suppose, you know, a very big picture, you know, I mean, climate change is the defining challenge of our, our age. And, you know, no, no one person can either solve that or, you know, potentially most of us can't feel you know, that we'll be able to look back and see I made a meaningful difference. Um, but working for an industry that is such a you know, big contributor to carbon emissions, you know, I'd like to feel that I've done everything I can to positively influence the direction of travel for our industry in reaching net zero. Um, so maybe that my five year one. Actually, if I make to my one year one, you'll think I'm announcing that I'm leaving the BPF, which I'm not. <laughs> but my shorter term and possibly more achievable target, or at least the target where I'll, I'll be, hopefully be able to look back and see that I've made a difference is that, you know, I'd like to leave when I do leave the BPF. Um, I'd like to feel that I can, you know, I'm not a legacy queen. I don't have to have a big thing that I can point back to, but I'd like to feel that I've left it, you know. In in good shape that it's responded and travelled with the industry over the period that I've been in charge. And that I say I leave it in good shape, continuing to be a really high performing bunch of people, you know, who who are passionate about the industry that we serve.
1: And I think I think whenever you leave, you, you will. And I think one of the great things about the BPF over the past few years has been actually really embracing the challenges that have been out there we're not shying away from the fact that you know we do have a bit of an issue about diversity in the industry how do we tackle it so i most definitely feel the vpf has got a bigger voice actually um, in, in this arena now than it than it had before so which is fantastic and it's we just have to all keep keep going and keep trying to, to, to influence thank we you do. so much for your time it, that was really fascinating um, and uh, like i said we'll, we'll keep on the good work thanks very much
0: Thank you very much, sir. It's been a pleasure. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Trowers and Hamlins. Find us at Trowers.com and join in the conversation on Twitter at Trowers or find us on LinkedIn and Instagram.